Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan Podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! Uh, we look at Second Peter 3. We finish up uh, Peter's letters today, and it's exciting and kind of a milestone for me to go through two books back-to-back and looking at that. And uh, just starting with Second Peter uh, 3, he says these words, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate, stimulate you to wholesome thinking. So we look at his letter, and Peter's saying, okay, listen up, we're friends. I come to you not as an apostle with great authority only, but I come to you as an apostle and a servant and one following Jesus and one understanding that I'm here to serve and help, not just to declare, come follow me because we are to follow Jesus. But Peter is saying, I have authority, but I'm also leading by example as a servant. And this is my second letter. I want to tell you again. I want to remind you to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Wholesome thinking. Well, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, we find these words. Peter, again, the one where we find his example. Peter, the one that denied Jesus, uh, speaking with some um some individuals recently, they said, well, I'm too far from God. I've made too many mistakes. You know, maybe when I die, God will let me into the pearly gates. But it's knowing that Jesus' forgiveness and help is real right now and for us. And so we can understand that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that's not an excuse for us to say, well, God, I can never be like you. This is an invitation of God. This is an invitation of Jesus saying, seek to make his thoughts and his ways your thoughts and your ways. Seek to identify with him that we might conform, transform our mind, renew our mind, that we could understand his great purpose for our life. And this seems like it's another uh, another day of hearing the same message, but Jesus wanted to reiterate over and over the truth of this uh, declaration, this proclamation, so that we would know. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through the apostles. This is repetition. This is uh, a reiteration. This is a reminder. This is why Peter wrote a second letter filled with reminders for us. Uh, another letter that we would recall what we have learned I was reminded of a um, passage of scripture that says, forgetting your first love. How many times have we forgotten that joy, that hope, that peace, that excitement of knowing that we've been redeemed, that we are saved, that we have salvation, that we have a gift, that we've been given a clean slate. Second Peter 3, 3 says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Follow.
following their own evil in this time that there are those that would make fun of us that would laugh at us that would just say you are a christian that is ridiculous you believe that god loves you that's kind of foolish because all i've seen in this earth is uh, devastation and ruin and evil and they would scoff that we might say that we have a hope and we have a peace we have a joy and we have a strength even in the middle of a pandemic even in the middle of chaos taking place in this world when there's wars and rumors of wars there's natural disasters there's the threat of hurricanes and tornadoes there's wildfires there's all this negative but as christians we say we have peace and hope and faith that God is in control. There are those that scoff at us. And do they have a right to scoff? Well, they have a right, if they don't believe in Jesus, to understand that the gospel is foolishness to those that don't believe, but we can know and proclaim. Your scoffing is a waste of time when there's such hope that's ready for you now. I'm going on to uh, 2 Peter 3, this is verse 5. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. They deliberately forget. They filled their minds with things that would uh, take away the truth of Jesus. They have moved the the water, if I was with you, um, I would have a pitcher filled with water and I'd throw rocks in it and all the rocks would dispel the water out of that pitcher and then you'd be left with water and then when we would go to pour the pitcher out to get a drink of fresh, clean water, you might just have a little bit, but it'd be mixed with the gravel and the dirt that came from those rocks and they deliberately put these rocks into the truth in cleanliness of God's way. And then when they pour it out, they start to blame God for not having the clean water when they deliberately forgot that Jesus was enough, that his water was living and abundant and for us. And how often do we deliberately forget or neglect or believe that Jesus needs our help? So instead of relying on his word, we begin to replace it with our wise thoughts that are not that wise at all. Second Peter 3, 8 through 13. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So that could give us great hope and joy, but that also could mean, wow, this pandemic, are we going to have to endure this for much longer? And the truth is, we may, but the real truth is God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. In spite of what we are going through or dealing with, to Jesus, time is nothing. And with Jesus, we can find hope, whether we're experiencing loss and failure or we're experiencing great joy. Mourn with those that mourn. Rejoice with those that rejoice. And know that Jesus loves you and he is with you. In all things, we can have this assurance. The promise, uh, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Uh, I become critical and 
uh, sometimes over-spiritualize things. And that's just, uh, well, I'll get to my point. I was speaking with somebody and they said, I can't wait for God to return. I just hope God comes back soon. I just want him to come back. And though we might think that would be rescue for us that profess Jesus as Christians, as Jesus as Lord and Savior, that might be, yes, this is our out, this is our freedom. You must think of all the turmoil that's taking place in this world. Do we want Jesus to return now when his word says there is great judgment for those that do not believe? Do we want Jesus to come now when there are so many that are just relying on their their own evil desires that have deliberately forgot God's goodness? Do we want Jesus to come back right now when there's so much work for God to do in the lives and hearts of us as Christians to reach out so that none would perish, so that everyone would come to repentance? How selfish is that of Christians to start pointing the finger and say, Jesus, rescue me, when Jesus has called us to a purpose and a mission to give and invest his love and truth in others? Yes, it's difficult, but it's more difficult when we try to make it about us trying to convince people with wise words or thoughts or theory. What if we began to intercede and show and display the love and truth of Jesus in practical ways that could not be denied? I better move on. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Holy and godly lives. Is that pointing out evil as evil and oh, they're bad? Or is that pointing out evil as evil and with great sympathy and empathy and urgency, we say we must show the love of God to people. We must live out what we preach. We must know God's word in such a way that we can walk slowly through the crowd and see where the Holy Spirit is leading us and we can reach and touch and use his word as great strength instead of balking and putting our head down and closing our mouth with great fear and intimidation because we are uncertain of how to interact with those that believe differently than us, that look differently than us. What if Jesus said that our holy and godly lives would compel people to his salvation. Would that truly change how we live? As you look forward to the day of God and speed, it's coming. The day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. We can be filled with excitement for where we are going as Christians, the promise that we have, the assurance of our salvation. But never should we look so drastically ahead to what God has for us that we forget that he has us on mission now to love and give to those that do not yet know him. Just because somebody disagrees with you, looks differently like you, does not give you an excuse to treat them any different. But we must love as Jesus loved, whether or not they profess Jesus as Lord and Savior or not. 
looking forward. Second Peter 3, 14 through 16. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. I enjoyed how Peter puts in again that it's not just his own authority. It's not just what he's seen, but he's like, uh, even Peter wrote you with this wisdom that God gave him. Verse 14, going back a step, it says, make every effort to be found at peace with him, be found at peace with Jesus. And verse 15 says, our Lord's patience means salvation. What a great joy that is to know that his patience means salvation with us and with those that we are trying to reach, that we don't just think, oh, they're a lost cause. Oh, they were raised this way that's different than mine. But the Lord's patience means salvation. If we're to be like the Lord, let us be patient with others as well. Verse 16, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. And some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. We must realize... <clears throat> quick plug, shameless plug. That's the importance of a small group, a life group, a Bible study, uh, interacting in conversation and dialogue about the difficult things that it's hard to understand what the Bible is saying. And we say, uh, this is difficult to understand. That's why we need to research and study it together. Because if we don't, the scoffers, the wise minds of the day are going to take over, not based in Scripture, but based on what they believe to be true, and they distort the truth to their own destruction. May we seek to understand what's difficult so that we will not be wrapped up into the musings and the thoughts of those thought to be wise, but are not wise, those that are so far from the truth and relevance and hope that Jesus gives. The foundation that we have is Jesus. The hope that we have is Jesus. The truth that we have is Jesus. The reality that Peter writes in this letter that he's an eyewitness. He was with Jesus. He watched Jesus. He was redeemed by Jesus. He was forgiven by Jesus. Let us know that experience so that we can say this experience that we've endured, that we've walked through has highs and lows, but a reality that God will never leave us or forsake us. That's so much better than a theory of, well, if I was God, I think it would be like this. Or if I was going to do it, I'd do it this way. There's theory and then there's walking with Jesus. Let us walk with Jesus. And as we finish up, this chapter, this book, Second Peter three seventeen through eighteen. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard, so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Be on your guard. 
There are scoffers and there are those that are trying to deceive you, trying to trick you, trying to say, this is what Scripture says, or those that would be so bold to say, do not believe in Scripture at all, but be on your guard and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Grow. Read your Bible on a daily basis. It does not matter if it's one verse or one book. Begin to read the Bible, to study it with others, to learn the difficult things, to apply the practical truth, to walk in the way of Jesus. And if you are struggling, we would say, confess your sins. Repent and turn away from what you have done that's incorrect in Jesus' eyes, what Scripture says, what Peter reminds us, and Paul has said over and over, recall the truth, repent, so that we can unlearn what we think is right, we can relearn what Scripture says, and we can experience truth together. So I was told that we need to be more engaging, more interactive. So I thought maybe this hashtag would work. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. So I would uh, encourage you in the comment section or on Twitter or Instagram that you take a picture of a Bible verse or you just put in these words, hashtag experience truth together, experience truth with Jesus, experience truth with other believers, experience the truth, the way, the life of Jesus together that will make us stronger so that when scoffers come, when those try to come and deceive us, that we are on our guard, but we are not alone. We are surrounded and in the presence of Jesus himself. And we can experience the truth together, knowing that we have life and we have joy because we have Jesus. Well, as we finish, I just want to finish with Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. This is a blessing to us. This is a blessing for us. And this is the benediction, the closing prayer. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. For he chose us in him before the creation of of the world. He chose us for this day, which is difficult to think of. God chose us knowing that He wanted us to endure this pandemic, knowing He wanted us to be a part of this election season. God chose us before the beginning of time to experience life in 2020. God chose us because he thought in him we would be overcomers. In him, this 2020 would be a time in history in our lives where we could grow as his disciples, that we would know his love, that we would declare that we are co-heirs with Jesus, and we would live life for others to know his healing and his salvation as well. <laughs> if you know that you need a touch from Jesus, confess that. Confess your sin and repent and turn away from. And we can learn what he has for us and we can experience his truth together. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel. 
as well as any more information that you'd be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.